I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hello, and welcome to the I Walked on Dry Ground podcast. I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. In season one of the I Walked on Dry Ground podcast, I've been sharing many details from my story where I walked on dry ground across the Red Sea from sexual addiction to freedom and living a redeemed life. In this episode, I'm going to take a detour and share more about present. I'm going to elaborate on last week's episode and talk about some things that have happened last week where God again demonstrated He is my deliverer, and He puts things in place for me to take steps and walk forward. And it takes more vulnerability to share about things in the present, because for some reason I feel like I should have it all figured out and not need God to deliver me and not be struggling in areas and things like that. So I included vulnerability in the title of this episode because I'm going to be more vulnerable. And that's intimidating, but I'm committed to taking the courage necessary to share these things today. Hope you enjoy the episode, and I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. Thanks for listening. This past week, I found myself in a dark place emotionally. I was stuck in kind of a pit of self-hatred and self-condemnation. And the symptoms of that were really like depression. I was just in bad moods and really having a hard time smiling or even coping with life. I was kind of in survival mode and really discouraged really wanting to isolate and just not in a good place at all. Today I'm doing a lot better and this is only a few days later and God has delivered me from that place and I'm doing better and but I also or I should say and I also feel broken in a good way. And I know for me I know the difference between broken in a bad way and that's kind of in the place of like self-hatred and self-condemnation and a, a downward spiral. Broken in a good way is like humbled and I feel like I'm at a lower level spiritually in a good way. And I'm broken down because I've accepted that I am vulnerable to self-hatred, even though I'm living a redeemed life. And I do like myself these days and I do like what I do and I like how I behave and I like who I am as far as my identity in Christ and, and I have hope for the future and all these things yet. I am susceptible to self-hatred, to self-condemnation, to dark thoughts, dark attitudes, things like that. And I was overwhelmed with that stuff last week. And so I want to jump in and share with, with you how I got there and how I got out of there. And this is going to require some vulnerability. And I probably won't be as vulnerable as I want to be just because I'll chicken out a little bit and, and gloss over some things. That's just what, I'm, what I feel like right now. 
maybe I will be super vulnerable. Either way, I'm going to give it a shot and share with you how I got down to that place and how I walked out of that place on the path that God provided for me as my deliverer. Okay, so first of all, uh, one thing that led me to a place of self-hatred was poor performance. And me being a really performance-oriented personality and achievement-oriented personality, I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. One of my main hobbies is golf and frisbee golf. And I, I like to go to the park and play frisbee golf with my dog these days. And and so a few days ago, I was playing and I was throwing my frisbee in, in the courses in the woods. And I was hitting a lot of trees. I wasn't happy about my performance. I like to throw shots that are good. I like to make birdies and and I get really upset when I don't. And I and I, you know, part of me wishes that I would just enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the good shots and let the bad shots go, but that's not always the case. So I was repeatedly throwing bad shots and I didn't feel good about that. And and then I would say swear words and the, I'm talking like the worst swear words. And when I swore, I would feel like such a hypocrite because I don't swear around other people. I don't use swear words. Yet here I am when I'm alone in the woods, I'm swearing up a storm. I felt like such a hypocrite. And then I would hate myself for that. I would condemn myself like you're such a hypocrite. Here here you are. You have no integrity. Around other people, you're a different person. Then when you're alone, you're a different person. And that is not okay. But it's also not okay to condemn myself for it. And then at the same time, you know, feeling so bad about myself for my performance, plus my swearing, plus my hypocrisy, I was mean to my dog as well. This innocent, cute, obedient, perfect dog. I didn't hurt him physically, but I was angry at him. Uh, And I grabbed his collar and kind of pulled him. And again, I didn't hurt him, but yeah, that's hard to share. I didn't hurt him, but I kind of pulled him along a few steps and I was angry at him. And then I felt really bad about that too, an innocent dog. And here I am, he didn't do anything to to deserve my anger. and, And I felt really bad about that. And then driving home that same day, I was just thinking about my wife and I, we have a a child on the way due later in the year. And I felt zero excitement about having that child. And I felt like I quote unquote should be excited and I wasn't. And then I felt like you're already such a terrible parent for this child, not to be excited about this, this great gift that God is giving you, Uh, you know, Lord willing, we actually have the kid and everything goes well. And I'm not excited at all in this moment. And that wasn't okay with me. And I was, again, condemning myself as such a bad parent. And so all of this self-hatred and self-condemnation just flowing out of this part of me, it was just unbearable. It was miserable. And it really put me in a really depressed place and a really hopeless and discouraged place. And I was in that place for a few days. It was really hard to be motivated. It was hard to not be, not seek isolation. I want to seek isolation in this place and just cope. And for me, isolation, uh, some of it looks like playing a game on my phone. And, And when I spend time playing a game on my phone, that just perpetuates the cycle because then I feel condemned for that. I feel like I wasted time. 
And so you can, this is kind of in my mind, it's like a big washing machine of hatred and condemnation and shame and just kind of cycling over and over and over. And I needed a way out of that. And, and it's like in that it's, it's way harder to get out of it than if I'm out of it to look back and say, yeah, there's, there was a path out of it, but here's how I got out of it. And here's what God kind of provided for me as my deliverer. Uh, first of all, I leaned on my friend, Nick, for support and my wife. And when I say leaned on, it's kind of almost like dumped on. Uh, Nick, I sent him a 23-minute audio message. Just, I mean, it was not neat. It was messy. And it was kind of just describing a lot of the things I just shared with you on this podcast. And then with Shantae, I shared the place I was in and also some of the, probably all the things I just shared also on this podcast. It's hard to sit there and tell my wife that I hate myself and I condemn myself. I feel like as, as her husband, I should be, I should have things more figured out and I shouldn't be struggling with these things, but I was, and for both of these people in my life that God has put in my life, the step forward for me was just sharing with them where I'm at and, and just being open and honest and vulnerable and saying, I'm struggling with hatred and here's why, period. What a great step it was for me to do that and a step that God has in my life for me to take to move forward out of this place. Then the next thing that happened was God provided this spiritual principle and insight that I'd never realized before. I read, I've been reading a chapter a day in Matthew and I got to Matthew chapter 5. And in chapter 5, here are verses 43 and 44. These are the words of Jesus. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And the spiritual insight I received from this verse was, I am persecuting myself. I am the enemy who's persecuting me. Nobody else is hating me. Nobody else is condemning me. It's me doing it to me. It's a part of me that is not okay with reality and it's taking it out on myself. So I read this verse and when I got this insight, I was like, I need to pray for myself. I need to pray for that part of me that is just coming down so hard on me. What that did was really open up a, a compassion for myself. And instead of you know letting that cycle continue where you know, I, I mess up or I'm not okay with reality and I, and I, I'm not okay with myself and I hate myself for it. And then I hate that I hate myself for it and I'm not okay with that. And it's just a nasty downward spiral. But with this insight, I realized, yeah, there's a part of me that really hates myself and condemns myself. And instead of not being okay with that in a way that I just don't accept that, I'm going to pray for that part of me and actually accept that, yeah, this part of me is doing these things and it is really an enemy to me and it's persecuting me. So I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray for myself. That was such a huge quarter turn for me from trying to force that part of me to have compassion for my lack of performance or my hypocrisy, my swearing, my anger at my dog, all the things that I shared earlier. I mean, yeah, I would rather 
be automatically compassionate towards myself for those things, but, but I don't have that right now. I have anger towards myself. And so turning it and just having compassion towards the part of me that's having anger towards myself. And hopefully you can follow what I just said, or hopefully it's clear because that was, that was such a huge realization for me. And God laid that step out in front of me. Just, you know, I didn't do anything special. I just read a chapter in Matthew and God gave me this amazing insight into my current situation. And finally, here's another small delivering act that God provided for me. Yesterday, I went back to the park and I played frisbee golf. And the course that I play, it's a beautiful course. It goes through the woods here in Nashville. And I just love the woods. It's quiet. There's squirrels running around. The trees are tall and strong. And there's a little stream running through with nice, clear water. I just love this setting. And it's so serene. And I'm usually the only person out there. And I have my dog, Willie, with me. And he loves it, too. We go out there and we walk through the woods. I get to throw my Frisbees, which is a beautiful thing in itself. And so I'm walking on about hole four and lo and behold, right in front of me, there's this shiny white thing. And I look down and it's an AirPod case. I pick it up and I open it. Yeah, there's two AirPods in it, fully charged. I'm like, whoa, I look around, there's nobody. And right away, I'm excited. I just found some AirPods. I've been wanting AirPods for a while. And I'm like, oh, yes. And then immediately I'm like, oh, shoot, I knew I saw somebody playing ahead of me. So I'm like, all right. So immediately I made the decision. I'm going to I'm going to make the effort to return these AirPods if, you know, the guy in front of me was the one who dropped them. I didn't have to make that decision, but I did. I felt full freedom to kind of like pocket these. I could have just kept my mouth shut. That would have been great. But there's still the possibility. You know, I think I said a prayer like, God, if, if I try to return these and they're not, you know, anybody in front of me, I'm going to assume they're mine and I'm going to keep them. So I kept playing. I saw, I saw this guy, Hey, did you lose an AirPod? No, I didn't lose an AirPod. Okay. And then play another hole. Oh, I see another guy. I'm like, dang it. Part of me is like, dang it. I don't want to return these. Obviously I want to keep them, but, but I'm committed to, to try everything that's in front of me to return them. So, Hey, did you lose an AirPod? No, no, I didn't. But there's a group of four dudes behind me. I'm like, dang it, my heart sank. I'm like, four dudes probably is one of theirs. So I keep playing. I see that group of four guys. I don't want to approach these guys. I feel anxious to interrupt their round and, and like yell across the forest. But I go, I go, hey, any of you guys lose an AirPod? And they're like, a single AirPod? And I'm, and I'm like, no, like a case. And guys like, did it have a rubber band around it? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. It's like, oh, crap that's mine. He, this guy, so I return it to him. This guy didn't even realize he had dropped them. So I got to be the one to return his AirPods. He didn't even have to go through such a wide range of emotion. This is what I thought about later as I had the opportunity to be the one to deliver his lost AirPods to him. He didn't have to go through the realization of, oh crap, I lost my AirPods. Can you even imagine? I, I can imagine that feeling, just the gut wrenching, like my gut would have dropped and I would have been like, I, will, I dropped these somewhere on the course, somewhere in the woods on all the 18 holes. How am I going to possibly find those AirPods? And then maybe the, the effort and the energy, like, okay, I'm going to go walk the whole course again 
and the time spent doing that and then not finding him because I had picked him up. The guy wouldn't have found him. And then going through the grief of losing that possession. I can just imagine that full range of emotions and how painful and time consuming and emotional energy consuming that would have been for that guy. And he even said when I returned him, he's like, man, I would have been so sad to lose these. So I got to be the one. God put this step in front of me and I walked, you know, I walked on that step. I took that step. I didn't just pocket the AirPods and keep them and and not reach out to anybody to see if they were theirs. I took that step. I did the right thing. And I got to be the one to return these AirPods to this guy. And that's just a small step of deliverance that God provided for me to get out of my pit of self-hatred and self-condemnation, along with the other things of leaning on my friend and my wife for support, gaining that spiritual insight from Matthew 5, and then having this this little opportunity, which, I mean, it's, it's when am I ever going to find uh, AirPods and be able to get to return them and, and be able to have that, that experience? It just shows how much God cares for me. It shows how much He is still my deliverer. Not only did He deliver me and provide the path to walk, from my addiction to freedom and redeemed life, but he still delivers me from these pits of negative places, negative emotions and downward spirals. He still delivers me and he provides these big and these small things. And for that, I'm grateful and I get to walk the path that he provides for me. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you heard some vulnerable things today and I hope you gained some encouragement or some insight maybe into your own life and what are the things that drag you down and create downward spirals in your life and then what are the ways that God delivers you? What are the opportunities that you get to have that help you move forward in your spiritual journey? Until next time, thank you again for listening and I'll talk to you later.